Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Cena Lloyd, Carson City Library Director, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Garrett Lapierre, local realtor with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. In addition to another great guest interview this week, we have our weekly segments, Community Connections, and Lapierre's Corner. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. and recorded by Aaron Carson City Local and his band, the Whiskey Heroes, you can or your other social media. We want to thank you for putting together the music for us. In this week's Community, community Connection segment, Sina, what I'd like to know is, what digital resources does the Carson City Library offer? We offer uh, numerous digital resources, Garrett, but I'll talk about three of these uh, lifelong learning resources, one of which is the alternative to your traditional book, which is your audiobook or, or e-audiobook or e-book that you can read on your Kindle, your phone, you can listen to it on an iPod um, or your phone again, and that is our OverDrive resource. Our OverDrive lets you essentially look at what we have available through streaming video now, not just books, ebooks, and e audiobooks. We have a really amazing selection, and if you would like, you can come to the library and learn more about that with your library card. And as I like to put that, it's free with your library card, but in reality, you've already paid for it, so why don't you use those resources? Our second is Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is a household name for language learning, and we have that available to the community, again, with your library card. And we have over 33 languages in which you can learn Chinese, you can learn Spanish, or if you are not, language speaker, you can do an ESL um, app on that Rosetta Stone program. Our last and probably the most fun is Zinio. It's our online magazine database platform in which you can check out and flip through on a uh, mobile device or tablet such as your phone or uh, an iPad or a Samsung Galaxy tablet. You can flip through magazines as if you were holding that magazine. We offer various titles such as Popular Science, The Economist, Time, Smithsonian, PC World, Macworld, Forbes, Cosmopolitan, Discover, Babybug, and Ladybug, which are two kids' magazines. Um, and those, again, are available for you to use with your library card. You just use your card to sign up for an account online. You can visit our website at www.carsoncitylibrary.org and go through the banner pictures on the front, and you'll be able to see Zinnia, Rosetta Stone, and OverDrive. That wraps up our segment. So for Lapeer's Corner, I have a question for you. When can I back out of a home sale if I change my mind? 
I'll, I'll give you my silly answer, which is never. Uh, but this is a question I get when we get to a point of really putting together a contract. And Nevada's real estate contract is written in default to protect the buyer if the inspections on the property come back and there's a lot of issues or if the appraisal comes in lower than the price that everybody's agreed to. So let's talk about the inspections real fast. Uh, if most inspections are a home inspection and a pest inspection. If those inspections come back and let's say that there's water damage um, or there's a big electrical issue or uh, lots of plumbing issues, you know, maybe there's lead pipes in the house or something like that, that's something that you could back out of the deal for. What I like to tell people is you can't back out though because a doorknob doesn't turn or that there's a crack in the window. It has to be a major, uh, a major issue that comes up through the inspection reports. And then on the appraisal, um, there's two things that can happen on appraisal. Let's say you all agree to purchase price of four hundred thousand, and it appraises for three seventy-five. What happens at that point is that it is a null and void agreement. So the buyer doesn't have to buy it for four hundred, and the for three seventy-five. Basically, you come back together, renegotiate, and hopefully find a happy medium that works for everybody and move forward that way but no one at that point is obligated to move forward with the contract. And no one is going to lose their earnest money deposit. Um, the other way that you can get out of a contract is if a natural, natural disaster occurs. So let's say the house floods, um, there's a tornado, there's a hurricane, which those aren't typically things we get in our area, uh, but, but you have a natural disaster that the house is no longer is there or is badly damaged, you can get out of the contract without any further repercussion. What you will lose your earnest money for, though, is if you get three weeks into a deal in escrow and go, you know what, I don't like this house anymore. I saw a new listing that just came up, and I like that one, and I want to go buy it. Well, at the very least, you're definitely going to lose your earnest money deposit, um, and depending on whether someone wants to pursue it or not, there could be further liability to you as the buyer for doing that. Um, so the buyer is always protected, and in a sense, it protects the seller as well. Um, and the reason that inspections are so important is because once the deal's done and the inspections have been had, the buyer can't come back three months later and say, "Well, I didn't know about this." Well, you had a home inspection, and you you did your due diligence, you you satisfied yourself to the condition of the house. So it does protect everybody to have those inspections done. Um, stay with us. We're going to be back with Chad Watson from Prime Lending who is a loan originator for them, um, for this week's guest. All right, welcome back. We're with this week's guest, Chad Watson, who is a loan originator with Prime Lending here in Carson City. Welcome to the podcast, Chad. Thanks for having me. You betcha. So the first thing I want to ask you is tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you got into the mortgage business. Uh, well, again, my name is Chad. I work at Prime Lending here in Carson City, whom I've been with since 2011. Before that, I was with uh, Countrywide, which through acquisition became Bank of America. And before that, Greater Nevada Mortgage Services for a brief time. In total, I've been in the mortgage industry for roughly 15 years. How I initially got into the mortgage industry was by pure luck and circumstance. I had a buddy at the time who worked at Countrywide where he just had got into the business with zero lending experience and thought, 
I would be good as well. I searched around until I landed a consulting position with Greater Nevada Mortgage Services. Awesome, awesome. 15 years, would you start when you were like 20 years old or what? <laughs> it feels like it. <laughs> okay, so my question is, how hard is it to currently get a mortgage and what are the most popular loan products on the market at this time? That's a great question. There's a common misconception out there that after the housing crisis of 2008, that qualifying for a mortgage is difficult. It's easy as ever. There are conventional loans with minimum down payment. You got the FHA loan, the VA loan. There's even a few down payment assistance programs out there um, to help low income families and first time home buyers. I can go on and on with different varieties of products, um, but really there's a lot out there that essentially meets everyone's needs. Gotcha. So, so when you say down payment assistance program, yeah, that means that there's there's different agencies that are out there that let's say a state agency or a federal agency that on an FHA loan right now it's three and a half percent down. So three and a half percent on a hundred thousand dollars is thirty five hundred bucks. So you're gonna you're gonna finance two hundred thousand. You need a down payment of seven thousand. So there's companies out there that will actually give you that money for the down payment. So there's a couple of uh, common down payment assistance programs we use here in Nevada, Nevada Housing Division and Nevada Rural Housing. They're platformed about the same. Um, you can get a maximum of 4% down payment assistance, which will cover 3.5% for the FHA loan and also have a little extra for the closing costs. Um, and then there's tiers that go down, so if you don't need the full 4%, you can get a 3% down payment assistance or 2% or um, essentially you can just use um, no percent to a very, very low interest rate. So how does somebody qualify for these down, pay down payment assistance programs? So these programs are linked to your standard mortgages, conventional, VA, or FHA. Um, so we use those guidelines and parameters and then essentially piggyback the product, Nevada Housing Division or Nevada Rural Housing, to give the down payment assistance for the products as they're needed. Okay. Um, to qualify, you just you essentially do your mortgage application with your lender. Um, as long as you qualify for one of those programs, the down payment assistance programs qualify as well. Okay. Gotcha. You know, yeah, speaking of those loan products, obviously the, probably the question you get the most is what are the interest rates and what do you kind of see them doing over the, over the course of 2017? Well, obviously um, with different loan products, there's going to be different interest rates. It's uh, kind of a question you can't specifically answer. We are seeing right now your low mid fours. Uh, if I was to answer that question, Generally, um, what we try to do is match the program that best fits you or multiple programs that best fit you. Um, and then at that time, we, on that day's interest rate sheet, we'll, we'll show you what those rates are. Gotcha. And, 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 and interest rates are an ever-changing thing, correctly? Yeah, the interest rates will change. Um, they could change daily. Some uh, financial institutions, they could change hourly, depending on... Um, how directly they're linked 
to you know Wall Street. Um, there's also the complexities on interest rates when it comes to credit score, loan to value, and property type. So the higher the higher the credit score, and the more money you put down, better interest rate that you're going to exactly. get. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Okay, so what is the most exciting thing about mortgage lending and the mortgage market, or what's the biggest challenge? The thing that gets me excited most about the mortgage industry as a whole is the optimism we're seeing. Like we talked about earlier, buyers are finding out how easy it really is to become a homeowner. It really is a joy to be a part of helping someone buy a home. Garrett, as you probably know better than me, watching a family get their keys to their new home is pretty special. Yes, it is. As to the second question, that's kind of a tough one. Of course, every industry has its challenges. Lending is no different. But I guess just to give an answer, I would say trying to predict what's next. For the last few years, the whole mortgage world has had to adapt to a constant changing environment. Either due to regulations, guideline changes, new loan products, and we can go on. As a lender, the minute you implement and understand a new regulation or a change of a guideline, it changes again. <laughs> so the, the key to this is trying to adapt, predict, forecast what might happen tomorrow or next month. Um, and so if I say that was one of the biggest challenges I have to deal with. Uh, well, and, and that's a challenge on my side of the business as well. And, and, and I know, um, you know, and, and, and first let me preface that by saying that's why it's important to have a good lender. Um, yeah, as a real estate agent, it's important for me to have a good lender or lenders that I can call um, because you guys know the business. You know, because somebody um, had a 620 FICO score and that qualified two years ago, that doesn't mean a 620 is going to qualify today. And it always changes. Um, mortgage insurance rate changes. Um, I know one of the things that I get asked a lot while actually looking at houses is, what's my payment going to be? So Absolutely. So we see a house and, and, and they go, hey, I like it. If I offered them X amount of dollars, what's my payment? And, and I try to give them a range. There's some, there's some great apps out there. Technology has made life easier for a lot of us. Um, but but uh, you, the changes in the regulations of what qualifies and what doesn't qualify um, um, really becomes tricky because it's an ever-changing thing. There's no doubt about that. Um, one thing that we've ran across, me and you, here re recently with a few people is um, marriage. So you have people that are in their mid-20s or, or 30s or 40s that, that are getting married or remarried. Um, let's talk a little bit about how a spouse looks on a loan. So let's say you have a married couple. The husband wants to, um, wants to go buy a house but only put it in his name because he has the good credit and makes and makes money. How are they going to look at the wife if he's only going to buy it in his name? So, you go back to loan products, what's offered for each individual, and for example, on a conventional loan, a one spouse can apply on his own with and as long as he qualifies for his with just his income and just his debt. There's no issues there. When you start to get into some of the government loans, your FHA or your VA, they require that you run the spouse's credit. You don't necessarily have to use their credit as consideration 
but you do have to consider their household debt. So if a husband was to apply on his own for an FHA loan, if the wife has separate debt, that monthly debt has to be applied toward his income and how he would qualify. Gotcha. And, and, and I'm guessing that that's keeping just, just thinking backwards here. I'm going, man, why, why is it that way? And I've had people ask me that. And I guess the best answer I can come up with, and I'm sure this is pretty close to correct. They want to keep people, married people away from throwing a bunch of debt on one, one, one of the, uh, one of the people, whether husband or wife. And let's say they go run up a bunch of debt and then they don't pay it. And then they go, okay, well, there's really two of us here, so now we can use you, you, Mr. Husband, and your FICO score and your income to go get a new mortgage and new credit cards and run up more debt um, without paying off the other debt that the wife put in her name. Is that kind of the gist of what they're trying to do there? Exactly. Um, and that is actually a very common thing. Um, not necessarily always to do something wrong, or, but more just... Some people separate all their finances down the line, whether it's income, debt. Um, so you, you see that quite a bit. Um, but in the mortgage world, there's a lot of different products, a lot of different avenues that we can go to try to supplement some of those issues. Gotcha, gotcha. Being creative, I, li I like that. Oh, um, the next question I have for you is, Someone who, um, in, in especially in this area, there's a lot of people who did short sales or maybe had a foreclosure, uh, and they're trying to um, reestablish credit, or maybe even a new, a first-time home buyer in their young 20s, mid-20s that's trying to establish credit. What's the, what's the best um, advice that you could give those people? So methods to establish or reestablish credit, more or less, are one and the same. And there's a few different ways to do this. One way is to apply for what we call revolving credit. That's your unsecured or secured credit cards. If you're having to reestablish credit, often secured credit cards is, is the route you're going to have to take. Uh, what that means is you go down to your local bank, you give them a few hundred dollars, they apply towards a credit card and you essentially borrow money from yourself um, that is it's a very easy flexible way for someone that may not qualify for your unsecured credit card um, to still try to reestablish and and get back into good standing uh, on their credit um, you also can establish through installment loans that's your your car loans your motorcycle your RV um, those are installment loans they don't have quite the severity um, or um, you won't see your credit build up as fast as you would like on the installment loans as, as fast as you would with your revolving credit. Then there's even a more rapid way to establish credit and that's becoming a co-signer or an authorized user on someone else's credit account. So let me go a little further with that one. Typically, most people understand what the first couple methods are, the credit cards, the installment debts, but they're not familiar with how you become an authorized user or a co-signer on someone else's credit, and that helps you. Let me give you a quick example. So you're a young man, 
you have very little credit, yet you may come to me and not have credit scores at all. Um, doesn't mean you've done anything wrong, you're just new to the credit world. So what you do is you go down, say with your parents, you sign up for a credit card with them under their account. Say that credit card's 10 years old. They've never been late, they have very little to low, you know, or maybe no balance at all on that credit card. With just in a few months, you will absorb all the credit history from that account, helping you generate not only credit scores, but actually really high credit scores, because that's 10 years worth of credit. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of different methods in reestablishing or establishing credit. Um, most loan, you know, experienced loan officers will be able to help you with this, because we've had to do this for so many people after the housing crisis. I mean, this was a concern. You know, how do I ever get back on my feet and be able to be a homeowner again? Right. And so, you know, we've, we've had to devise ways to do that. Uh, there's also, you know, credit counseling companies, you know, things like that that also help depending on the severity. Um, so th there's a lot of things out there that can help you get back in good standing or if you're new to the credit world, there's ways that we can get you up and running. There are some loan programs that don't necessarily require credit scores, um, and we can look at that stuff as well. Gotcha. I, I'm really, really happy you brought up the uh, the authorized user trick. So, um, I, I, I know someone who, who went to his buddy, and his buddy, every, everyone's got a buddy that pays their bills on time, that you never late on stuff, has their, has their finances right, has money saved up. Everyone's got that one buddy. Now, yeah, I, I know someone who went, who went to that one buddy and said, hey, you got a credit card, um, you make your payment every month, and you have for years and years. I need to help reestablish my credit. Um, can, I, can I be an authorized user on that account? Um, and they went down to the bank. That buddy put put the other person on the card as an authorized user, and the other person who got put on there as authorized user never got a credit card. So so that person couldn't go take that credit card and go spend money in the other person's name. There was never an actual credit card right. given. Um, but that person that was put on there as an authorized user got the benefit of the history of making good payments on time, never being late. That's a really, really good way to establish credit and, and establish it quickly. So I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, awesome. So we have our one last question that we ask to everyone, and it is, if there was no limits, what would be your big, hairy, audacious goal for Carson City? So I was fortunate enough, Garrett had warned me about this question or, or gave me a heads up, and, and I actually took that question throughout my colleagues in my office and, and some friends, because I really thought it was important that I answer that question not just for myself, but you know, maybe for other people. Um, you know, there's so many of us that have, were born here or have lived here so long. Carson is really important to us and we like to see it grow and it's doing a great job now. Um, so I've got, I got the answers from lower housing costs to um, some changes to education. Um, but then I, I decided to just go with my heart on this and as a father of two small children, I would actually like to see more venues for kids in Carson City, especially in the winter, where you need indoor facilities for these kids. Right. 
Um, you know, the weekend rolls around, we're going to pack up in the car, and we're going to have to drive to Reno. Because that's where Chuck E. Cheese is. That's where the coconut bowl is. We need to really... I would really just like to see more activities for young children, for even more than that, just families where they can take their kids and just have a good time. I know we have some things here. We have our, our bowling alleys and some, some arcades and you know bounce houses and stuff like that. Um, but I really would like to see a lot more emphasis on um, youth activities, venues for kids, things like that. It's a good answer. Good answer, and and uh, not the only one who said something similar. We could get some more. Oh, yeah. We get some more activities for kids around here. Amusement park kind of things. Yeah, it'd be a good thing. So, if if anyone has questions about getting a mortgage, how can they get, how can they reach you? Well, I'm at uh, Prime Lending here in Carson City. We're at five zero eight North Curry, um, and our phone number is seven seven five eight eight six five seven zero zero. Appreciate you coming on the show, Chad. Yeah, I, you, you have my full trust. You, you do a great job with everybody that I send you, and I thank you for that. And, and thanks for coming on the show and sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud apps to get new episodes as they are uploaded. Once you've subscribed, please leave a review as it makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Please engage with us via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching for Carson Chatter. You can also email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and please don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast.